welcome to Ultiversal Q, your guide to the ultimate universe. Now in podcast form. I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And this week, we're talking about ultimate visions and ultimate extinctions. Yes. This week, we're finishing up the ultimate Galactus trilogy, or Galactus trilogy. And uh, then we're following up on the kind of weird sequel to it and i've heard that we're going to have some controversies so let's get uh rolling ahead uh if you haven't listened to the last episode we'll wait pause this one because i mean you want to have the setup uh the x-men and the ultimates team up and then the uh fantastic four and the ultimates team up and you get ultimate marvell who is a uh kree rebel who helped to seal the information about uh, Galactus from the Kree data repository and like when the ultimate X-Men and the Ultimates team up they end up finding Vision who was like trapped for a hundred years in a Russian base and who was unable to warn the world about Galactus coming after it emitted scenes of disarray that caused people to kill themselves so yeah oh well I mean actually we pretty much just summed it up there but we have up first, Ultimate Vision, number zero, written by Mark Millar, with pencils by John Romita Jr., inks by Jimmy Palmiotti, colors by June Chung, and letters by Chris Eliopoulos. Reed Richards and Sam Wilson have been working to examine the Vision, the android that was recovered in Russia, and end up reactivating it. It quickly uses nearby machine parts to reassemble itself as a gynoid. Are you familiar with that term, Devin? Nope. It is the term for an android that specifically looks female. Part of me was wondering because it starts off with Gino, like gynecologist. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, it's one of those weird things in sci-fi. I I don't know if this was like a weird Mark Millar choice to be like, Oi, she's going to be a woman robot. That way there'll be a reason to not listen to her. I don't think that's a very good Mark Millar impression. First off, if anyone likes making overly sexualized female robots, Brian Michael Bendis isn't writing this issue. Yeah, I mean... Talking about the beginning of Mighty Avengers. Oh, you mean where Tony Stark ends up turning into a woman robot? Slash Ultron, yeah. Yeah, that... Yeah, and they got the... They got a horny artist for that, too. Yeah. Weird, yeah. I mean, this at least just looked like a, a female robot, so it wasn't. Yeah, but big titty robot, as opposed to Vision, which is not a big titty robot. Dope. Like, all things considered, it's not a incredibly horny design inherently. It is a tasteful big titty robot. <laughs> it's a tasteful, reasonable titty robot. Yeah. Is this title going to be Tasteful, Reasonable Titty Robot? Yeah. <laughs> Okay! <laughs> Hi, Zach! Uh, so, uh, so yeah, uh, Vision then begins showing how she was sent from world to world to warn of Galactus and uh, work with the locals to stand against Galactus. When the first world was doomed despite the local species' best efforts, they worked to give the next group a better start and rebuild Vision so that she would be able to adapt to match the locals and sent her off after she had recorded them dying, pretty much. 
the next several worlds tried to prepare for Galactus by building armor, a weaponized virus, and actual weapons, but they have all failed, and so now Earth is the next target. Vision then takes a second to absorb all digital information on Earth, probably gets a bunch of porn, and believes that the world might be lost because she was unable to warn them in time. Vision then begins rebuilding her ship to leave since there are only days left before Galactus destroys the planet. Bum bum bum. We then have Ultimate Extinction number one through five written by Warren Ellis with art by Brandon Peterson, colors by Justin Ponsor, Paul Mounts, and Jason Keith with letters by Chris Eliopoulos. And you know what is wild that I found reading the uh, like background interview on Ultimate Galactus? Or wait, no, Ultimate Galactus. What, Luke? Like, right after this, and probably at the same time he was writing this, Warren Ellis was also writing Next Wave. Oh, I did kind of figure that out, because I think it was issue two. There was the preview for it at the, at the back of the book. Mm-hmm. And it, it it's just wild that it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to talk about the Ultimate Galact- the Ultimate Galactus trilogy. But also, here's some scenes from Next Wave, the exact opposite of the Ultimate Galactus trilogy. Yeah. Yeah, it is just a very strange, strange thing. Yeah, it's a weird thing to hop from one to the next. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, at the Triskelion, Carol Danvers introduces Sam Wilson to Marvell, along with Reed Richards and Susan Storm. They're also there to meet with Nick Fury about what to expect when Galactus arrives based on Vision's notes. These include a gravitational pull destroying things just by Galactus arriving. Broadcasting a signal is to drive the population into madness, and then finally a ship landing and releasing a virus that kills the remaining population. After that, it will absorb the energy of the thermal core of the Earth and leaves for the next meal. Meanwhile, Misty Knight, private investigator, meets with her client Edward Schaefer, whose wife has left him. Edward believes that she might have been abducted by Paul Maitreya, who is believed to be a cult leader. Misty starts to track Paul down. Finding other people went missing with similar stories as she stakes out where he lives. She sees a cult and their leader arrives, a man of silver with massive wings. Fun fact, Maitreya is the term for the future Buddha. Thanks, Warren. I had to Google. Nice. A bald woman in the next room to Misty opens fire, attacking Maitreya and the cultists, and Misty gives chase after her. The two women get into a fight, during which Misty notes that along with her bald head, she also has a dragon tattoo. In the end, Misty is almost killed, but protects herself with her metal arm, a gift from Tony Stark, and the mysterious woman escapes. Back at the Triskelion, tempers are running high between Fury and Reed, with Reed being asked to move his work on Galactus to the Triskelion, which Reed does not want to do. They get interrupted when footage of Galactus approaches come in through the satellite network, and they see that Galactus is a swarm intelligence with a hive mind that is over 100,000 miles long and is only seven days away from Earth. The truth hits everyone hard, including Captain America, who questions if there is God. A lot of, like, what I think Captain America gets stereotyped as has seemed to come from Warren Ellis. Yeah. Though I think other people build on that or at least also go in that direction because, like, Ultimate Secret, I think, also came out around the same time as Ultimates 2 somehow. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, we're we're reading in a story order, but, yeah, 
publication for this was all sorts of messed up. Oh, of course. Well, first you had Mark Millar, which isn't going to get the book out on time. Mm-hmm. That's up in the air. <laughs> Meanwhile, Misty Knight has turned to Jean D. Wolf to help an ID her assailant, which it's nice that they brought Jean in, but also she looks so much older here. Oh, I agree. Like, that's one of the weird things about Brandon Peterson's art, because he's a 3D artist. And, like, the stuff here works better than it did in, like, the What If Civil War, where Peter Parker was the Green Goblin and killed his wife. And oh, it yeah. But, like, the only parts where it looks super awful is, like, the covers. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, that's, like the class, the, that's, like, what all the Ultimate books were for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, the information from her tattoo and descriptions reveals that she is Heather Douglas, a.k.a. Heather Moon, a hired gun who has been dead for 22 years. In the meantime, Nick Fury turns to Charles Xavier to connect with the hive mind of Galactus. Charles knows that Cerebro would require amplification, and Fury gives him a blank check. Misty returns to her office to find the Silver Man waiting for her when she moves to shoot him. He fires an electronic blast, exploding part of the building. The report of the explosion reaches Fury, who has Captain America and Sam Wilson go out to investigate. Misty holds her own, eventually knocking the Silver Man out of the window and shooting a fire extinguisher that she drops on him. But he rises, unscathed, and she realizes she is in trouble. Luckily, that is when Cap and Sam approach and get the jump to knock out the Silver Man, killing it before Captain America demands that Misty steps down and she tells him to call Tony Stark. Back at the Baxter building, though, Reed has developed his plan to potentially stop Galactus, but at a massive cost that he will not share. While Fury is unveiling the new Cerebro that is in progress, Tony Stark comes in to help Misty. He explains that she lost her arm in the Middle East, and he made her a prosthetic arm which was so advanced that it required shield approval. The conversation has stopped, though, when Charles reaches out with the enhanced Cerebro. After it is contacted psychically, Galactus reacts violently, seeing the contact as contamination. The team on Earth is forced to shut down the machine when energy starts surging, and the swarm fires a missile. Marvel and Iron Man go out to intercept it, finding a silver pod that transforms into another silver man on a board. That attacks, taking Marvel by surprise. Tony rips off the Silver Man's head, and in doing that, causes a blast that knocks out his suit's electrical systems. And the three fall into the ocean. So Fury sends out a response team. Meanwhile, Heather Moon reappears, bobbing the Cerebro dish that was used to reach out to Galactus in front of Sam and Misty, who quickly capture her. At the same time, Reed calls activating the emergency line, requesting as much adamantium as he can get that would let him to kill Galactus, and she was horrified by what Reed is planning to do. The next day, Jean, Gre- Jean Grey thinks uh, psychically attacking Galactus might be a viable strategy. Heather, meanwhile, has ended up in S.H.I.E.L.D. custody, where she had been found to be a clone raised by a group called the Enclave, who are here to meet Galactus and who have been working for the past 20 years for a cult that has been following the Silvermen. This, in turn, ties to the global Silverwings conspiracy that seeks to pre-subjugate the world. The Enclave wants to stop the Silverwings so that they, as the worthy, will meet Galactus. 
That is like the weirdest and least developed thing because you get barely anything about the Enclave and the Silver Wings. Yep. Like you get some Silver Wing graffiti on a page. Like the Heather Moon stuff is like, uh, yeah, we want to meet Galactus, but that doesn't explain why they're really trying to kill the Silver Surfer. So part of this is conjecture. I would agree. Uh, Captain America leads an assault team to a Silverwing's hideout and finds another Silverman, and they fight with Cap electrocuting the Silverman before diving out with the Silverman under his shield. And with some help from Marvel, they capture him alive. Meanwhile, Vision is preparing her mission to record the destruction of the world, but she has been asked to talk to Galactus using Cerebro, and in Nevada, Reed is working on his new weapon. Yeah, and the weird thing is, like, they're like, oh, Vision, we need you to stick around. And it's like, oh, no, you actually aren't going to really do anything. Yep. As the final day begins, a swarm of male and female Heather clones starts to attack the Triskelion. Xavier senses they are trying to stop him from reaching out to Galactus as the Galactus becomes visible to Earth. Xavier sends the X-Men in to help fight the clones, along with the Ultimates. Meanwhile, in Nevada, Rita is his weapon ready. Xavier and Jean work together, gathers up his dreams of everyone on Earth, and releases it, disrupting the swarm. Reed then activates his weapon and opens a portal to a universe where the Big Bang is happening, and the massive beam of released energy destroys 20% of the swarm. And suddenly, across the Earth, they pause as Galactus and the Silvermen leave. In the aftermath, Fury's team figures that Galactus didn't wish to spend more energy fighting and left. After the fallout, Jean and Xavier are hospitalized due to the strain. Marvel is in a wheelchair. Sam feeds the instructions to Vision to share in space with the next targets, and Fury celebrates them saving the Earth. And Galactus was never a problem again. For like eight years. Yeah, yeah. Like When Galactuses decide to team up. Mm-hmm. We then have Ultimate Vision, numbers one through five, written by Mike Carey, with art by Brandon Peterson, colors by Justin Ponsor, and letters by VCs Corey Petit. And I think Peterson's art is actually kind of better here. Like, he, he seems to be able to play more to strengths than he was in the Ultimate Extinction. It, it depends on the scene again. Yeah. Some faces I also thought were weird. Yeah. So Vision ends up downloading everything from Earth after the defeat of Galactus and plans to leave when Sam Wilson stops her to say goodbye. As Vision flies into space, though, a satellite controlled by Dr. Tarleton ends up sending out a signal that distracts her. The signal of Galactus! She flies into the Kalisa station, and Tarleton introduces herself while explaining that the base is all about pushing science further. Vision takes a specific interest in Dima, a plastic-based android who is stuck being tested intellectually, but who has stopped improving and learning more because she is bored. Vision questions what they are doing, and Tarleton reveals that they have a captured Galactus module that is dormant and they sent a recorded signal of its communication to bring in Vision. Tarleton claims that he wants to be able to communicate with Galactus so that he can command them to self-destruct, but Vision doesn't want to mess with Galactus, fearing the danger. Tarleton reveals that he is mostly a cyborg already because he fears nothing, so Vision agrees. 
Tarleton introduces her to the communication module that he created using information smuggled from her time captured in Russia and links her in. The Galactus module awakens when it connects as Tarleton is connected, but Vision disconnects when she sees Tarleton wants to, to control the module as a weapon. He confesses he did and then blasts her with the module that is now under his control. He then proceeds to have the Galactus tech modded into his own body and prepares to ransom the entire Earth. Tarleton announces via video then, as part of advanced idea mechanics, he plans to use the Galactus test to make himself the leader of the new world, to make the entire planet cyborgs, and to kill the, all of those who oppose him. His newest take is interrupted by reports of power fluctuations on the base as he starts to become more erratic, desiring to merge more Galactus tests tech onto his own body. Meanwhile, AIM scientists find bio-storage tanks in the Galactus module that end up releasing a bio-spray that causes one of the nearby scientists to mutate into a purple alien that is also able to spread the bio-spray through spacesuits. Theo, meanwhile, is forced to keep solving puzzles when Vision reaches out to her, asking for help as a new game for her to play. And when the AIM scientists reach out to Tarleton about the mutants, he refuses to pay attention, so they launch containment protocols, locking out 40 scientists with the mutants. Dima sneaks through in the chaos to find Vision in the trash and swaps out her faulty battery before being captured by scientists. Vision, now fixed, knocks the scientists out, saving Dima. But back in containment, the other scientists go to investigate the infected scientists, only to find that the mutated scientists can survive in space without suits and set their suits out as a trap before attacking. At the same time, the station starts moving closer to Earth, dropping from orbit, and we find out that Tarleton was the cause as he was stripped away from most of the flesh but because Galactus had started to control him. The scientists try attacking Tarleton, so he kills them before they can warn anyone, as the mutants wipe out the other scientists. Vision, meanwhile, took Dima and tries to figure out a plan when the mutants attack, and Vision fights back against them until Tarleton appears, blasting her with a rifle. As a saddle with fire. Oh, yeah. Blasting her with fire. Whatever. I can read, Luke. I can read five times. As the satellite comes closer to the atmosphere, S.H.I.E.L.D. picks up on it and catches a part of a warning message, and Fury prepares to nuke wherever it will touch down when he hears Galactus is involved. Tarleton using Galactus is about to counter Vision's powers, but luckily... Dima takes control of the system with Vision, so she has routed the ship to crash faster, planning to take out the entire station in the atmosphere and in the impact. She escapes with Dima to the Earth as Fury's bombers approach where the ship landed, and Vision sees that the Galactus module has survived and reformed itself into something new. The module tries releasing the biospray, but Vision blocks it, and attacks the ship as the bombers open fire, only to get destroyed instantly. As Vision struggles to land with Dima, Tarleton appears and attacks her, so Vision works to debug him, freeing him from the control of Galactus! He regrets what he did, so he and Vision plan to work together to stop the module, which has ended up at Edwards Air Force Base. You know, like from Fallout New Vegas. Yeah. Vision leaves Dima behind as she breaks in with Tarleton, and the pair are attacked by the transformed military, and the module cancels out Vision's phasing power, so the pair are swarmed as the module begins drilling into the Earth. Luckily, that's when Sam Wilson shows up, who explains that the Ultimates will be coming, 
that he was the closest. The Ultimates will not be appearing in this series. They will not. The drill starts emitting a plasma shield, so they retreat, and Vision explains that the module will try to destroy the entire planet, so they may only have 45 minutes till that happens. They realize that Falcon's wings will be able to deactivate the plasma shield with some mods. Vision also checks in with Dima, who is having a rough time since she was made only to learn and not to express. And Dima wants to stay with Vision when this is all over, even though Vision still plans on leaving the Earth. They reiterate the plan, which is Tarleton will fire a laser at Falcon's wings, which will refract and disrupt the plasma shield, and then Vision will deactivate Galactus. They knock out the shield, but outside, Tarleton activates a secret code in Dima and runs in and explodes the module, and Vision destroys the final portion with the opening Dima's death presented. Vision leaves and confronts Tarleton about killing Dima, and Vision, being pissed, rips Tarleton's body apart and then chucks his head off into the desert, calling him a monster. It is a boss moment. It is a boss moment. S.H.I.E.L.D. comes in and starts collecting the remains of the module against Sam's wishes to have them destroyed. Sam then talks to Vision and finds she can't leave for a month, and so he offers to let her stay with him for the time being. And meanwhile, Tarleton, now ahead on legs, calls an aim for retrieval. So you know how George Tarleton is Modak's real name? No. Well, that makes sense now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's It's... Interesting. I, I there's parts that I really like. I think Ultimate Vision one through five is definitely the best out of these stories. But like Ultimate Extinction really needed sort of a resolution issue. Too. Yeah, that was that was like what I lot. did not like about it. it. Was like it just ended. It was like Reed Fire says Magic Space God the end. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that Ellis can only handle doing five issues at a time, or, like, he explodes, but... He... he I, I feel like he probably just didn't want to do this damn thing. Probably. Which, I can't blame him. But, yeah, I, I mean... Ultimate Vision is just, like, exposition... Or, Ultimate Vision number zero is just, like, a lot of exposition that you probably could have folded into the normal one. Yes. Or hell, it could, have been, it could have been two pages at the beginning of Ultimate Extinction number one. I mean, we literally summed it up in two paragraphs. Yeah. Uh, you know, John Romita Jr. wanted some work and Ellis wanted work. But yeah, like Ultimate Extinction is a lot of build up and then it's very anticlimactic. Especially for what is essentially the first overall event comic. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's time to rank these ones, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, so Ultimate Vision number zero, uh, I mean, I've already forgotten what happened. (laughs) Uh, rough. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how do you feel about it compared to Ultimate Secret? That was the Marvel one. Worse than that. A lot worse? Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about it compared to uh, Think Tank? The Fantastic Four? Worse. Uh, Cry Wolf? Better. Uh, the Tempest? Worse. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. So our new number 63 on our list is Ultimate 
vision number zero. After that, we have ultimate extinction numbers one through five. I, I I still think, even though it is sort of a failure, might be the best part of the Ultimate Galactus trilogy. Like, you get to see everybody doing something and approaching this problem in different ways. I feel like half a like issue, though. That was, well, no. That was my problem. Like, everything was way too underdeveloped. Well, and we also don't get Spider-Man. Where's Spider-Man? Right, where's Spider-Man? That's what the world always wants to know. What's Spider-Man mm-hmm. doing? Okay, well, do you think it's better than Ultimate Nightmare? Yes. Okay, uh, a lot better or only a little better? better. Okay, uh, I think it's better than the Ultimate Spider-Man and Hulk. Yeah. So then, is it better than... Uh, how do you feel about it compared to Ultimate Spider-Man 1 half? Not as good. Uh, dumped. The Ultimate Spider-Man one-shot. Not as good. Uh, Okay, I think it's better than Return of the King Prelude, which really didn't add a lot of stuff. So then our new number 42 is Ultimate Extinction numbers 1 through 5. And then last, we have Ultimate Vision numbers 1 through 5, which is definitely the best of what we read today. Sure. Uh, How do you feel about it compared to Ultimate Fantastic Four Doom? That's better than that. Mm-hmm. Like here, I feel like somehow the way that like Modoc was used here was good because they never made like, oh, this is forced to be Modoc and Tarleton gets established as a character. Yeah. And like Vision is established as a character and Falcon is hashtag 40 for robots. Hell yeah. Uh, okay. How do you feel about it compared to Ultimate Carnage? Not as good. Uh, it doesn't have to be this way. Yes, it does. That, I believe this. Yes, it does. Uh, that's the one where uh, Beast gets catfished online. <laughs> that was funny. Worse. I do think it is better than Resignation, though. That's fair. So our new number 23 is Ultimate Vision, numbers 1 through 5, bringing our list up to 72 entries. At the top is Ultimate Spider-Man Hollywood, and at the bottom is Ultimate Iron Man numbers one through five. I, I am afraid of what is going to happen when we get to the stuff that's going to be worse than that. Yeah. Like yeah, Ultimate one through four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least Ultimatum's yeah. events, some of these, those tie-ins are at least good. Yeah, uh, well, do you know what we are covering next week, uh, or next time on Ultiversal nope. Q? Uh, Pass. Uh, well, no, no, I, I need to ask you to do something Oh, sure, what? I need you to Avengers us. Wait, no, I need you to Ultimate's old symbol. Because we're tackling the ultimates to numbers one through six, and also oh, like uh, the and also the ultimates annual and the ultimate X Men annual. Nice. Mm-hmm. 
should be good. I doubt twice too. But do you know what we have going up this week, Devin? What, Luke? We're gonna our alternate universe selves are gonna get a little bit twisted and wild as we have our Joker special. Yeah, all you edgelords, we're going to be doing it in character the entire time, even when we're not recording. Yeah. I'm going to mail you a box of rats. I'm going to be also Luke Skywalker on the side. (laughs) I'm going to refuse to shave when I put on my white makeup. Yeah. I'm going to be Kevin Michael Richardson. I'm also going to be someone who served. Damn, now I forget who. Philip Seymour Hoffman, as he is essentially a member of the Scientologist movement. Wait, are you saying that Philip Seymour Hoffman played the Joker? No. I'm talking about Joaquin Phoenix because Joaquin Phoenix became a member of the weird cult church that Philip Seymour Hoffman made in the hit movie, The Master. I'm going to be everybody's least favorite part of Blade Runner 2099 because they should have gotten David Bowie for that. I'm going to be Bender V. Bending Rodriguez. (laughs) Wonderful. Uh, Yeah, we got a Joker special coming. So, military, you will legally be precluded from listening to this yeah. episode. And guess what, what? Luke? We're sneaking in a prestige movie, a real movie, a real American movie, in the disguise of this comic book recap podcast. Hell yeah. Joker! God. All of this from the guy who made The Hangover. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, you Uh, think that. Remember, the person who won Best Picture last year is the man who made Dumb and Dumber. (laughs) It's just like, I wish I liked that movie because that actually made me really happy for like a little while. (laughs) Then that movie sucked, so then I didn't. Yeah, and I'm just thinking about the uh, Morrissey doing a in song for the Green Book. Did he? No, but uh, Abby showed me a video by a guy who uh, did, who also writes for The Good Place. Uh, Demi It It's good. I'll, I'll link it after the episode. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that, I think, wraps us up. Devin, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me online at FredFet. That's F-R-E-D-O-F-E-T-T. And Luke, where can people find you? Uh, you all can find me online on Twitter at, at Coltreg, that's K-O-L-T-R-E-G. Both of us are also part of the Exxon Podcast at exxonpodcast.com, which is wrapping up. And uh, you can also find me on the RPG Pals Club podcast. And is there going to be another podcast coming out soon? Maybe. Uh, Multiversal Q is... Multiversal Q is on alternating weeks. Multiversal Q is whenever we have a movie coming out. Or when we have, like, something big coming up. Uh, We have something big coming up in a few months, so get hyped. But, uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter at at Multiversal Q. 
we are also on Facebook, which now that we have image galleries that should be up when this episode goes up, we'll be good. Hopefully we'll get some retro image galleries up. But uh, yeah, thank you for listening. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review. If you really like the show, consider chipping in a few bucks on Patreon. And if you hate the show, uh, you give us enough money and we'll we'll change the direction rapidly. Or just stop all together if you give enough money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that wraps us up for this week. Except for when things are going to get a little bit twisted. Is we'll that going up this in. week or wouldn't that be next week? No, it's going up. Oh, first, okay. Because that's when yeah, Joker sure. comes yeah, out. Yeah, sure, sure. Catch Jeez. you on the flip mode. <laughs>